0: Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Expectation is reality. You heard that before, right? What you expect to see, you end up seeing. You guys with me today or no? Yeah, yeah sweet. Okay. Remember last week, we talked about... Uh, um, The enemy going back in our past and bringing up lies today, and the way that we battle against that is we reframe the way we see the past. When we think of the past, we don't think about the hurt, we don't think about the pain. We can see God's goodness in our past if we look for it, and whatever we look for, we can find. So if you look for pain, if you look for hurt, you'll find it, but if you're looking for the goodness of God, you'll find it. If you're expecting God's goodness, you'll see it, but if you don't, you won't. You know what I'm saying? expectations are really important we just sung about expectations right that song just said we're here we know you're moving we know you're going to fill us that's an expectation song can I challenge you today before we go any further get your expectations right in this moment I hope you walked in those doors today expecting for God to change your life if you're here just to hang out thanks for coming get you a donut Get you another cup of coffee. Thank you so much for coming. I'm expecting God to change lives. I wake up every morning expecting God to speak, God to move, God to change, God to do something for me, speak something to me, move in my life that day like he's never done before. And I hope you are here today with the same expectation that I need a move of God in my life. Maybe you're here today and you don't need one. You don't think you need one. Right? Right? All right. Good morning. How is everybody? All right. Let me get my chair. Doctor says i got to sit down. Ugh. All right. So, we've been going through our thought life. We've been going through our mindset, the way we think, why we think what we think, all that good stuff. Uh, as I said last week, we talked about our past thoughts, how the enemy will use our past to get to our present Um, So, coming off of that, um, I wanted to, this week, in my original plan, we were going to talk about praiseworthy things. Paul says in Philippians 4, to think about praiseworthy things, and we were going to talk about praiseworthy things. However, coming off of my study from last week, um, talking about regrets and if-only moments that we talked about last week, um, I had several comments from many of you um, throughout the week and last weekend. Um, sharing with me some of your um, some of your, the issues you're dealing with that have been in your past that are still in your present. So um, through prayer and much thought, I decided let's hold off on the praiseworthy stuff and let's talk about that past one more time. Anybody want to go back in the past again? No. <laughs> Anybody want to go back to seventh grade one more time? No. Listen, there's a lot of good that happens in school. Nothing happens good in seventh grade, okay? I'm just going to put that out there. That's when you start getting those bumps on your face. Ugh. Terrible. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Did y'all get them on y'all? Okay. Anybody ever get one like right on the tip into your nose? I did. Whole Rudolph thing. Okay, so here's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, we're going to look at um, unforgiveness. We're going to talk for a few minutes about unforgiveness. Then we have a, th- a couple things I want to share with you at the very end of the service today. Uh, we're going to talk about unforgiveness. Here's the deal. Um, Satan wants to lie to you today. Remember, his whole goal, his whole plan, his whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy you. He is here to take you out. He is here to stop you from living the life that God wants you to live. He's here to stop you from living a life with love and friendship and community that we, that God wants from us. He is here to simply kill, steal, kill, and destroy from you today. He will do that by lying to us. He'll do that by deceiving your thoughts, Because whatever is in your mind comes out in your life, and if you believe a lie up here, that lie lie will impact your life as if it were true, because whatever's here comes out here. Right? Everybody follow me? We good? Now, last week, if the enemy can't get you with a lie about today, he will go back in your past, he will bring your past up. And he will get you with that lie, that that regret, that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that pain, that trauma, the struggle in the past. He will get you with that lie today. We talked about Paul says in Ephesians that the enemy, Satan, shoots flaming arrows at us. The word arrows is plural. He shoots multiple arrows at us. It's also written in the perfect tense, meaning that when he shoots them, he sets them on fire. He shoots them then, and it's still burning today. What's the point? Here's the point. If we don't take care of the past in the right way, it can still be our present. The worst thing that could happen to us today is for past hurt, past trauma, past pain, past uh, unforgiveness issues still be an issue for us today. There is nothing worse that I see at Walmart on a daily basis than a 50-year-old acting like a 13-year-old. Right? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all know somebody who's a 50-year-old adolescent who never grew out of high school, who maybe never grew out of middle school, who just never grew up. They're still living like they were 13. They're not living like an adult, like a 50-year-old. And we do that all the time in our spiritual life. And we do it through unforgiveness. What happens is we let these Past things that hurt us. Now, listen, when I talk about past pain, I'm not talking about, oh, somebody, somebody charged you double for your restaurant bill at the restaurant. No, I'm talking about some pain, y'all. You know what I'm talking about. Like not like my back. Thank you, though, son. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that mom or dad that left you high and dry. I'm talking about that husband or wife that told you you would never be loved by anybody. I'm talking about that so-called friend that took something from your life, that took somebody from your life. I'm talking about that family member that took away something from you. I'm talking about that type of pain. What happens is, When that happens in our life, if we don't take care of it in the right way, the enemy will bring that past pain and that past struggle and that trauma and that hurt and those feelings and those emotions, he will bring that up into your present if it's not taken care of the right way in the past. And that's where unforgiveness comes from. That's where unforgiveness comes from. So... We are no different than that 50-year-old adolescent when we are still holding on to something that happened to us 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and it still affects us today. That, my friends, is what we're going to talk about. Does that sound good? Is it something that you deal with? Tell the truth. (laughs) Tell the truth. Listen, the reason this stuff is so hard to do is because the pain hurts so bad, right? It's not good, pleasant, enjoyable for mom or dad to take off when I'm 12 and don't see them for 20 years. It's not pleasurable, it's not good, it's not enjoyable when a husband or a wife tells you, I don't love you anymore, you will never be loved by anybody else. That's why this is so hard to do. And I agree, it's hard. Somebody sent me a message last week about uh, regrets in the past and unforgiveness. They said, it's hard. I said, yeah, I know it. It's hard, but we have hope. Amen? We have hope. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to talk about today. So i got three things, three things I hope to encourage you today when it comes to unforgiveness, when it comes to uh, us looking back in our past and having hard feelings having unforgiveness towards people. Number 1, number 1 encouragement is this. The past is not the present. The past is not the present. When I say the past is not the present, I mean you are not the same person today that you were then. Does that make sense? You are not the same person today that you were then. Last week I told you about my job that I had in Kannapolis uh, that did not work out at all and it come at a terrible time um, in our life. Callie and I was getting married and neither one of us had a job and then she lived in Denton and I lived in Kannapolis. We basically had like a trial run of marriage. We lived together on the weekends but during the week we didn't live together so that way if it didn't work out on the weekends we kind of knew like hey this ain't gonna work out let's do what we got to do right. Um, Luckily for Callie, it worked out, Um, so everything's good with us. Uh, What I did not share with you last week was how that event, how that season in my life, how it carried over into the next year of my life and into the next year of my life. What I didn't share with you was I was all but ready to pack up and wash my hands of ministry work, and go to the Y and get a job doing who knows what. Uh, I had conversations with people where I said these words, I will never let that situation happen to me again. I will never be in a situation where that can happen to me again. Or I would say things like, I may give it one more try, but if it doesn't work out that time, I'm done. Like I'm going to put a limit on what God can do, right? (laughs) Right. How dumb was that looking back, right? Come on, right? But I had said, I I, I might as well just stop this. What I didn't realize at the time is that the enemy was using that hurt from a year, year and a half earlier to impact my present and ultimately my future. Because if I would have came to, to Foster Street in 2010, when Charles called me about the youth pastor job, if I would have came there with these same emotions and feelings and hurt that I experienced in Canapolis, I wouldn't have lasted no more than six months with those people. Why? Because I hadn't got over that past hurt and that past trauma and that past pain. And I would have missed out on a ton of blessings, including being with you all each and every week. If you carry the past into the present, you, my friend, will eventually go back To the past The truth is You're not the same person You're not the same person as you were When that mom or dad hurt you You're not the same person When he or she caused pain In your life What's changed God hasn't changed right God's the same yesterday today and forever God hasn't changed I've changed What changed in my life in 2010 That wasn't there in 29 God changed me God was able to show me and I was able to learn in 2010, 2011 that that past person, that past Michael that was living through that trauma, that's not the same person I am today. I have been renewed. I have been transformed. I have become a new creation. Um, I have the ability and you have the ability today to look at your past pain and to look at your past trauma in a way of where you're at today. You are no longer living in that area. You're no longer living with that heart. You're no longer living that life where you got hurt. You are now a new person, and you have the ability to look at your past from the lens of who you are today. Psychologists call this primary emotions. Primary emotions. You know what your primary emotion is? Sweet, let me tell you. Your primary emotion is when you think of something, a name, or an event, the first emotion that comes up is your primary emotion. So when I say the name George, if there's a George in your past that caused you trouble and pain and hurt, that first emotion, that's your primary emotion. Maybe it's, ugh. Maybe you think of some words that we can't say out loud. (laughs) Some words that... Have four letters in them, and you know what I'm trying to say, right? You know what I'm trying to say, right? right. Okay, just making sure. That primary emotion, um, we <laughs> we experienced this when we had a, when we started having kids. Um, we had certain names we could name kids, and certain names we could not name kids. Why do we have certain names that we cannot name kids? Because my wife is a teacher and she has kids in her room that are not the best kids and the best listeners ever, so there's no way she wanted to name our son or daughter any name that she had trouble with in her first grade class over the past 12 years. You know what I'm talking about? That's primary emotion. That's the first thought you think of. Maybe you had a bad experience in Myrtle Beach 15 years ago. Just the thought of driving down Ocean Drive brings back those thoughts, those memories, those emotions. That's your primary emotion. People do have this, this, uh, these emotions with the church all the time. How many times have you heard somebody say, the church hurt me, I'll never go back. The church lied to me. Don't even mention to me about going to church. And if you say, hey, listen, I go over here, you want to come just check it out? No chance. I'm just going over there. That's your primary emotion. You also have a thing psychologists call secondary emotion. You want to know what the secondary emotion is? All right. Thanks, Juan. Here's what your secondary emotion is. Your secondary emotion is the primary emotions. It's those past thoughts, feelings, pain, hurt, and emotions. It's those emotions seen through the lens of who you are and where you are today. Because you're not the same person that you were then. Your first thought when you hear George may be that pain. Your second thought is, man, God has changed my life since. That's primary emotion and secondary emotion. You are not the same as you used to be. You may have had a husband or wife tell you that you will not be loved. And you will hear that, and your first emotion is, that was so hurtful. Your second emotion is, God loves me unconditionally. I know that I can trust in his love. I know that he will never leave me or forsake me. While other people may have left in the past, I know today who I am. I know my worth. I know I am a son and a daughter of the king, and he loves me greatly. Maybe you have the primary emotion when you think of a mom or dad and that person telling you, you will never amount to anything. Aren't you good enough? Can't you do this? Can't you make that grade? Can't you make that team? You'll never be good enough for that. And you hear their name. or Maybe you ride by a restaurant and you see a place where you guys used to eat and it brings up those feelings and those emotions. And those primary emotions kick in. And then your secondary emotion kicks in when you think of who you are today and you think, well, gosh, they may have said I can't accomplish anything. But I know that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I know that as long as he is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter what they have said. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it was painful. Yes, I had to deal with it. But I am no longer that person that they said I was. I am a new creation. I have been changed. I have been transformed through the renewing of my mind. I am no longer in my past. I am a new person. What's the first step into forgiving people? It's realizing that you are no longer that same person. You're not the person they hurt. You're not the person they cause trauma to. You're not the person they caused pain to. You're a new person. You're in Christ. The Word says we have a new heart. We have a new life. We are a whole new creation. Anything that was done from us in the past has got nothing to do with us today because we are made new in Jesus Christ today. The past is not the present. Point number two, point number two, your unforgiveness in your life, the unforgiveness in your life towards someone else causes a divide, causes a separation between you and and God in heaven. Jesus says this way. Jesus says this in Matthew 6. He says, He goes through the Lord's Prayer. Don't miss the point that Jesus is teaching us how to pray, and then he drops this kind of bombshell on us, right? You know, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into t- t- temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. Amen? Right? And then Jesus drops this bombshell on us. Verse 14, Matthew 6. For if you forgive other people, then they, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. When we holding unforgiveness towards someone else, we, it causes a separation. It causes a divide. It causes issues with our relationship with God in heaven. Now, at first reading, you read this verse. And you say, I have to earn my forgiveness by forgiving somebody else? The only way I can get forgiven of my sin is by forgiving other people when they do me wrong? And that would be one way to see it, but I believe Jesus means it this way Forgiven people forgive people. I don't forgive so that I can get forgiven. I don't forgive you when you do me wrong so that God will forgive me. No, I forgive you when you do me wrong because God has already forgiven me of my sins in my life. Forgiven people forgive people. When we are holding unforgiveness, we cause a divide in our relationship with the Father. All we're really doing is we're causing an issue. We're causing separation between me and the one that can help me get through the pain that I am going through. We're causing separation between me and the one that can heal the pain that I've been through. We think we're doing what's supposed to be done. We think we're doing what we should be doing by not forgiving and holding on to that revenge and that anger and that hatred and that pain in our life. We think that's what we're supposed to be doing. And the greatest lie that the enemy will tell you in this fear is that just give it time. Just give it time. You'll get over it. Sadly, the church will tell you the same thing. Give it time. You know what time does? Makes your hair fall out. Makes your knees not work as good as they used to. Right, Hubbard? (laughs) I see Hubbard rubbing his legs. Hubbard's thinking about those 10 miles he used to run in 12 minutes. Time will not heal your pain. There is nothing in this world that can heal your pain. The only thing that can heal your pain is found in heaven. And by us holding on to those emotions and feelings and that unforgiveness, it causes a separation between us and the one who can heal the pain. Simply put, forgiven people forgive people. If you've experienced life-saving, heaven-sent grace and forgiveness of your sins, then you know you've experienced what it means to be forgiven. And you wouldn't want to stop anybody from that same feeling. If you understand the depravity in our life, if you understand the depth of your sin, of our sin, if you understand what Jesus Christ has done for you through his life, death, and resurrection, then there's no way, there's no way you cannot offer the same to people around you. The most, the thing that you can do that's most Christ-like in your life is not come to church, it's not give money, it's not help us serve food tonight. It's not hand out a tract to the neighborhood. The most Christ-like thing that you can do in your life is to forgive the people around you. It's in God's nature to forgive. That's who he is. And if for us to become Christ-like, to be more like Christ, to live like Christ, it starts with us forgiving other people. Forgiven people forgive people. Because they know. Forgiving people know what's been done for them. Forgiving people know what they've been saved from. And once you know that grace and that mercy and that love and that forgiveness and that relationship with the Father, you have no problem extending it to the people around you. Forgiving people forgive people. couple things here about forgiveness, and then we're going to talk about how we can do it, what we have to do to get it. Number one, forgiveness is often a private matter between you and God. Forgiveness is often a private matter between you uh, and God. Um, forgiveness for other, from me to you to anybody else to other people, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a matter of my heart connecting with the Father's heart. Right? Now, God may lead me to have a conversation with you, but he may not. Truth be told, some of the people in your life that have hurt you in your past, they may not be around to have a conversation with you, right? Maybe they've passed on. Maybe you don't know where they're at, and that's okay. You don't need an apology from them to forgive them. Is that crazy? Is that crazy to think that you can forgive without them apologizing? Okay, let me ask you this. What does that apology do for you? If they were to say, I'm sorry, is that going to take away what they did? Does that take away the words they said? Does that take away what they took from you? Does that take away the way they made you feel? No. The only way that can be taken away is through Jesus. You can forgive without an apology. Truth be told, just like we just said, they may not ever apologize. They may not be able to apologize. So if you need an apology to forgive, if that person has passed on, are you just stuck? Just out of luck? well, I guess we'll just hold on to this and be separated from the Lord all this time. No. Your forgiveness to them has nothing to do with them. Your forgiveness for them has nothing to do with them. It has to do with you and the Lord. You don't have to say a word to them they don't have to say a word to you. For you to forgive, it's a matter of your heart connecting with the Father's heart, because that's where forgiveness flows from, because it's in his nature, not in ours. Number two, I was going to just say it, but I forgot it. <laughs> uh, forgiveness is the opposite of vengeance, right? We talked about revenge a little bit last week. Um, revenge uh, when we want to take revenge, when we want to um, get them back, when we want to do, with, do to them what they did to us, um, all that does is take us down to the, our offender's level and takes us further away from God. When we forgive, that takes us further away from our offender and closer to the Lord. Forgiveness is the opposite of vengeance. Number three, your forgiveness is not God's forgiveness. You can forgive someone in your life and them not have forgiveness from God. Does that make sense? They don't have to change their life for the Lord for you to forgive. You can forgive someone and they still spend eternity in hell separated from the Lord. Is that a crazy thought too? That was a crazy thought when I first read that a couple weeks ago. Like, Really? Yeah, you know why? Because my forgiveness is not God's forgiveness. My forgiveness is the pain that they caused me, is the trauma that they have caused me. My forgiveness is just what happens here on earth. I'm taking myself out of the judgment seat and letting God take care of whatever revenge or anything that he wants to do, letting him take care of that, and I'm moving on with my life. When I forgive someone... What I'm doing is I'm handing that case. I wish Chelsea was here. We would talk some lawyer talk. Uh, we would talk some Matlock. Anybody watch Matlock? I never did. I watched Andy Griffith. <laughs> I don't even know Matlock. I know Andy Griffith. What forgiveness does is it takes the case. It takes the trial. It takes the offense between the two and takes, puts it out of our hands, puts it in the Lord's hands, And instead of me losing everything by holding on to that unforgiveness, I gain everything from the freedom of being free from that past pain and that past trouble and that past struggle. Um, There's usually four attitudes when it comes to forgiveness, there's usually four responses. Number one, you may say, I won't do it, I won't forgive. Forgiveness has the ability to be, uh, or unforgiveness has the ability to be an obsession in our life. I won't do it. I won't do it. I'll do anything possible. I won't do it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter what happens. doesn't matter the outcome. I will not do it. Number two, we may say, I can't do it. I can't. It was too bad. The pain was too much. I can't. Number three, and what I think may be the most honest response, um, I don't want to. You ever been there? Somebody hurt you? I don't want to forgive. They don't deserve forgiveness. They deserve what they get. They deserve what happens. They deserve my anger. They deserve my vengeance. They deserve I don't want to forgive. And number four, and what I hope to To communicate and I hope to challenge you with today is to have the response of I'm willing to forgive. I'm willing to forgive. Notice I did not say I'm going to forgive. I'm willing to forgive. And that leads us to point number three and how we can have and get and gain forgiveness for people. Um, It starts with your will, and it's not you forgiving but it's Jesus Christ forgiving through you. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 6. Verse 31, Jesus says, uh, well, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we... Uh, Shall be free Stop Hold up right there Um, I know all you guys are Bible scholars Those people over there at Foster Street They will not know the answer to this question But I know that you will Have these people The Jewish people Have they ever been slaves before? You know the whole book of Exodus? (laughs) Right? Pharaoh The burning bush The ten plagues Slaves in Egypt And a couple thousand years later The guy said We've never been slaves unbelievable. Keep reading. Verse 34, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave uh, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it, belongs to the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. How do you forgive people? You don't forgive people. You have to be willing to forgive. The Son is the one that sets you free from that past tra- pain and that past trauma and that heartache. The Son, Jesus Christ, is the one who does that for you, who does that through you. The first step for you is to have, you have to be willing to forgive. So you do that through two ways. Number one, you have to recognize you're holding on to unforgiveness. You have to recognize those feelings and emotions from your past are now still in your present. If you don't know it's there, then you can't forgive. You have to realize that you're holding unforgiveness. Number two, you have to be willing to forgive. You have to decide, I'm going to forgive. You can't decide what people do to you. You can't decide what people say to you. You can't decide how people treat you, but you can decide how you will respond to what they do. You have to be willing to forgive. And number three, it happens through the sun. It happens through prayer. Remember, forgiveness is your heart connecting to the Father's heart. And it's God doing it through you. For you to be free from that unforgiveness and to be free from that past, it has to be done through Jesus Christ. So it's done through prayer. And the prayer is this. Lord, by an act of my will and your power, I will to forgive whoever. By an act of my will, I'm deciding... I want to forgive. I'm willing to forgive, but I don't have the power to do it. By an act of my will and your power, God does it for us. God does it through us. God does it in us. By an act of your will, by an act of my will and your power, I will to forgive whoever he, she, they are. Your will, God's power, will change your life. Now, here's the deal. You may pray that here in a few minutes and walk out this back door and hear that name and that primary, or that primary emotion pops right up. And you start saying those cuss words all over again. <laughs> right? This is not a one-time deal. Because you've been holding on to that pain for years. You've been holding on to that struggle for years. This will take time. It takes an act of your will over and over and over again. I promise you, over time, you will start to see God change your heart. All of a sudden, when you hear that name, that primary emotion will not be blankety-blankety-blankety-blank. It'll be, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Because that person, that situation, that event, that time in your life has no more hold on your heart because you willed it and God powered it to happen and it can change your life. Now, you may never become best friends with that person. Nobody said you have to. God doesn't call us to go hang out. God calls us to forgive. Forgiven people forgive people. But it happens through the Son. It doesn't happen through you. It happens through Jesus Christ doing it for you. So how do you forgive? One, you decide, i got to forgive. I'm holding on to it. You will it. It's your will. And two, you let Jesus take care of the rest. Lord, by an act of my will and your power, I will to forgive. And you will start to see your life change. You will start to see those emotions change. You will start to see those feelings change. Not because of anything that we've done, but because Jesus Christ, the Son, sets us free. Amen? Amen? Let's stand together. Let's pray. God, again, we thank you for today. Lord, we, uh, God, we confess, we admit that sometimes people are just dumb. <laughs> people have the ability to hurt us. People have the ability to cause pain in our life. People have the ability to cause trauma in our life. People have the ability. To treat us evil, mean, unloving. And God, we want to take just a minute to just confess that it hurts. God, the word says that you too have been treated unloving. You too have been left alone. You too have been pushed aside. You too have been lied about. You too have been taken advantage of. You too have been physically beaten. God, I believe today that there are people all over this world, myself included who allow past issues to come up into our present day and even our future lives. God, I pray today in the name of Jesus that if there's any unforgiveness in me, if there's any unforgiveness in my brothers and sisters, God, I pray that you would point it out. God, I pray that not only would you point it out, but God, you would call us to forgive. You would lead us to forgive. God, thank you for your power. Thank you for the life, death, and resurrection of your son Jesus and what that means for us, that we have the ability. To let go of past pain, we have the ability to let go of past hurt. We have the ability to let go of the past trauma because of your Son Jesus, because of his power, because of his life, death, and resurrection. We have the ability today to walk out free, to walk out changed, to walk out different to no longer be the person that is holding on to hurt and unforgiveness that we have the ability today to